hear stories sometimes people will tell of like being in church and worship nights like all night long, you know, until the wee hours of the morning and stuff. Anybody ever did that before? Yeah? I mean, just like there's no end, right? And some of you guys are like, oh boy, I won't, one hour at a time, you know, break me in a little bit. But it just sometimes makes me think, what is the most important thing in our lives? You know, like, just how much of a priority is God? Because sometimes the way God, in fact, most times, I think, the way God moves and operates and, let me say it this way, offers some of his best stuff to us. Do you know it's just rarely on our agenda? Anybody else ever figured that out, you know? It's just rarely on our agenda. And if we limit God to working within our agenda, I've learned this, I think we miss out on some of the most beautiful things. So, so then what does that mean? I think that that means, as Christians, and if we want to be spiritually mature believers, that we've got to learn to discern the movement of the Spirit of God. We, we have to learn to sense and discern those moments and times where God wants to just pause, where God just wants to take a selah, a, a time out, a pause, a moment to just linger. And a lot of times I think people just get real uncomfortable and almost like awkward with those lingering moments, with those selah Moments, or maybe we just feel so rushed and so burdened with the demands of life that in our minds we've bought into the lie that we actually don't really have time for this right now. Am I speaking to anybody tonight? I mean, do we really not have time for it? Or does something else beg our attention more? than maybe those moments, those things that God's wanting to do. I guess what I'm just trying to say is I think we're living in a day, in a world, in a time where the return of the Lord could be close, and God has still got some work that he wants to do, obviously, on this earth, and his children need to be very in tune to his voice. We need to be very hooked in with the movement of the Spirit of God and the ebb and the flow and which direction God's wanting to move us in any season or any time of our lives. So, are you movable? Are you movable out of your own agenda? Wow, we might be going somewhere else tonight. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Could we do it if we wanted to? We're like right in the middle of a message series and everything. And I don't know. I, okay, hold on. Let's just, all, right. all right. So am I movable? Can God move me out of my agenda? How movable am I? I mean, if there was a scale of 1 to 10 and 1 is, you know, I'm barely movable, 10, I'm very movable, where would you be? How tight does your ordered life have you? right now, and your ability to be moved. Because I, I don't know about you, but I just, I, I read these scriptures over and over and just can't get enough of these 
words, and it just seems to me like some of the people in this, in this Bible that I, I just love the way that they've responded and the way that they've lived their lives, I think maybe if I was around them when it was happening, I would have thought, wow, they're crazy. Well, they don't follow anybody's rules. I mean, most of these prophets, like, they had problems. They were all over the place. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, there is nothing about the way that these powerful moves of God in people's lives that happen. There is rarely something there that looks very tight, very orderly, very planned out and on schedule. I, can't, I don't know about you. I, I think I have not recalled a point where the Bible says, and the Lord spoke to Isaiah, and the Lord spoke to Jeremiah and said, on October the 15th, at roughly 9 a.m., between the hours of 9 and 10.15, not a minute before and not a minute after, I will meet with you. It's like, he's always there. He's not, like time, psh, he's above it and outside of it and beyond it. So he just kind of gives it to us and says, what will you do with it? How will you steward it? And, and let me just add a point here, that how will you steward that knowing that I want to be the most important thing in your life? I mean, if we surveyed our life and our time and our calendar and our attention and our thoughts and everything and we broke it down in a pie chart, job, entertainment, all these different things, if God's supposed to be number one, would he really be the biggest piece of the pie? If we had a survey and analysis done, he gives it to us. Time. Has no bias whatsoever. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it's coming for all of us. No respecter of persons. The only difference that determines things is how we choose to invest it. What we choose to do with it. Let me suggest to you that the bigger piece of the pie that you give to God, the better the rest of the slices will be. <laughs> I mean, the more flavor, the more potent, the more satisfying and nurturing. Think of how some of God's principles work. He says, give me the first tenth and I will help you do more with 90% than you could do with 100%. He says, give me a day a week to refresh you, to recharge you and rejuvenate your soul, and I'll help you do more in six days than you could do on your own in seven days. Do we not think that the rest of the slices of the pie don't get better and better the more of the big piece that we can devote to God that we give him is? I think he's just calling out to us right now, church. I think he's speaking to his people right now, and he's saying, time is near. 
What will you do with the time that you have right now? I think if we were all appearing before the Lord at this moment, we'd be awfully surprised at the things that made so much of an impact in our calendar and in our agenda that have absolutely no eternal significance at all up there. Begs the thought, could we live through heaven's eyes instead of the world's eyes? Because if we see through the lens of heaven and through the eyes of the Spirit, then we would make choices and decisions and we would invest our lives in line with those things that actually carry the most weight versus temporal fading things here in this world. How movable am I? I think we are going to go here tonight. I think we're going to go to a totally unplanned, different place in the book of Acts. You guys know the story of Philip? It's in Acts chapter 8. I've got absolutely no notes for this, so we're just going to do it this way tonight. But I feel, I feel excited about this. Okay. There's a story in Acts chapter 8 about a man named Philip. And let me just begin and open it up by saying it this way. Philip was very movable. He was very movable. Because he was very movable, God was able to use him to do something very incredible. And I think maybe the reason for the direction here tonight shifting is that possibly there are a number of people, certainly more than one or two, who are really locked in to an agenda and to a plan and to a system of life right now that you have, but the Lord has been stirring at your heart that it's time to break some of the boundaries of this organized agenda and system and get outside of this place in some open space where God can start doing some moving and start doing some incredible things. Perhaps some of the incredible things that God is wanting to do on the earth right now and through our lives lie on the other side of our agenda and our ability to be disrupted. Can I be disrupted? I wonder, can I? Some days I can. But really, if I'm being very honest, Pastor Webb, there's days where I don't know if I'm very disruptible. I mean, I'm just locked in. You know those days where your meetings start first thing in the morning and they're back-to-back -back hour after hour with phone calls crammed in between and little errands that you're supposed to figure out at some point how you're going to do and really the time isn't there for it, but they're still on the agenda. And it just goes that way all the way until the evening hours. And then you get home and you take a breath and you fall and hit the bed and your head hits the pillow and it's lights out, baby. Anybody have those kind of days? Anybody had one of those days this week? Hey, I, I love hard work. Love it. I'm not saying we don't work hard. I'm saying 
or I'm asking, are we disruptible? Are we movable by the gentle promptings and the divine impulses of the leading of the Holy Spirit that ought to be guiding our lives and our steps every single day? You see, he doesn't come banging with a huge drum all the time. For me, most of the way that I hear and discern the voice of God is the still small voice, is the gentle whisper, the nudges in the secret place. If it's a still small voice, you have to get pretty close to hear it, don't you? I mean, you can't be all the way over there with a bunch of stuff in between and all kinds of noise around you and expect to pick the still small voice out of the noise of life that says, turn left. Don't go there. Change directions. Somebody over here is in crisis and they're begging for me to send somebody. How movable am I? I'm going to read out of Acts chapter 8, starting verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. Wow, you guys are good. You guys are good. They pulled those scriptures up just in the last few minutes. Can we give them a round of applause? That was, I'm, just, I'm just impressed. I'm impressed. Now to Isaiah 55, verse 13. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh. He said that an angel, it says that an angel appeared an angel of the Lord appeared and spoke to Philip and said, go down toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So let me just draw your attention to what I think is the obvious. You may see it, maybe not, but the angel appears and he says to Philip, Philip, I want you to go down to a place where nothing lives. This is always how it starts, isn't it? I want you to go to the most unsuspecting, uncommon place. In fact, whatever it is that would make your top five list of things that you should be doing right now, this ain't on them. It's on the other end of the other list at the very bottom. Because this walk is a walk of faith, not of sight. It's desert. It's barren. There's nothing there. What could you possibly have for me there, Lord? It's, do I need to, re- should I, did God overlook the fact that it's a desert? Lord, you sure you don't want me to go to the busy city? I mean, there's a festival that's going on and getting ready to happen. Lord, you you maybe cross your wires there. Desert? Why desert? I mean, if the Lord compelled you, 
if the Spirit of God divinely prompted you to move from where you are right now down a road that looked like a desert, would you get up and start walking or would you ask a thousand questions? Ouch. Let's continue. Very appropriately, it says, verse 27, so he arose and went. Sometimes it's what's not in between the verses that should speak to us the most. What's not in between those verses is all of the explanation and understanding that Philip should have had before he made a move. He just said, get up and go. And Philip got up and went. I just think there's a lot of significance in that right there. Quick, simple obedience. I've heard it said, and I like this statement, I agree with it, delayed obedience is no different than disobedience. You know, we sit around and we ask the questions. Well, wait a minute, Lord. What about this? What about that? Who's going to feed my dog while I'm gone? <laughs> and I think sometimes the Lord's like, oh, my gosh. Does he not think I am the God of the details, too? I, I got it all figured out. Just simple obedience. I'm not going to suggest to you that this is easy, but I do want to appeal to you, try and encourage us all because I feel like I'm speaking to myself right now. I, I want to be quick in my obedience. I, I don't want to lose time and waste time tarrying and trying to figure out answers to questions that should already be solved for me. Am I going to go? I don't know. Well, let me think about it here and see. I think if the Lord says, I need you to go, really, the place we want to be is that our answer is immediately, yes, Lord, I will go. Send me, as the prophet Isaiah said. Verse 27, so he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning, and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Okay, now we get into some God stuff here. He just said, get on the road, get on down the desert. When you get there, when you get out in this place where you're there now, and you've committed to it, then I'm going to show you why you went. Then I'm going to show you why you're here. Can I just remind you that God already sees where you're going? In fact, let me blow your mind a little bit more. He's already been there. Because he's ahead, and he's behind, and he's all around. He says, there's an Ethiopian eunuch who has charge of the queen's treasury. You see, this is not an ordinary person by terms of stature and influence, let's say it that way. This is a person who already right now 
has the influence and the reach to go back and make a massive impact somewhere if this person has an encounter with the one true God. Major influence. A eunuch in charge of the queen's treasury, there's not many people tasked with higher assignments than that. Not many. His life was on the line every step that those horses took and every turn that those chariot wheels made. One thing goes wrong, it's over. High responsibility, but also a person of high influence. The opportunity to take a message back to a place that was also dry spiritually and potentially create revival. You see, sometimes those desert roads, those places that we look at and in the natural, in our great rationalization and ability to look at things through our own eyes that we can't see, many times there's a God-sized opportunity waiting on that road. We just don't know it until we get there. And in order to get there, we got to move by faith. We got to discern and hear the gentle promptings and the voice of the Lord who wants to guide our steps. He says, He'll make our crooked path straight. He says, The Lord has ordered the steps of a man. How then can a man know his own way? So if we're really just breaking this down, if I take one step on my own in a direction that God doesn't lead me, it's a crooked path. Is that, you get that. But if I listen and I'm guided by the voice of truth and by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, as long as I can hear and discern and as long as I can obey and have faith, then I will step into that straight path that he's carving out for me, which is a path full of impact, influence, and opportunity for kingdom work to be advanced. And if we're really looking at this from a big picture standpoint, folks, I would just say we are all a part of building a kingdom. It's just a matter of are we actually positioned and in place to do some building. God is trying to erect some very significant things in our world right now today. I firmly believe that. I, I continue to hear the voice of the Lord and the stirring in my spirit. I've been waking in night hours. I've been having dreams. And I just can sum it up in all by saying to you, I believe the Lord is trying to erect some very significant things in some short time frames right now. But he's got to have people who are ready to move and who are ready to get to unsuspecting places and who are ready to obey quickly without a laundry list of questions, and then walk by faith to see the miracles unfold. We continue on after it says here, it says, the Spirit then said to Philip, can I remind you, he was reading the book of Isaiah the prophet on the chariot. You know, we say sometimes like, man, you know, my brother or my cousin or my friend or whatever, I just can't get him to listen. I just can't get him to hear and all that. This guy's reading the Bible. Philip comes along. I mean, he's, he's trying to figure out what the stuff means. And Philip comes along and he says, can you explain this to me? 
You see, we think sometimes that the problems or the obstacles that we're facing are too big for God. Uh Uh-uh. Perhaps we're just in the wrong location. Perhaps God just was trying to move us over to a different road and a different path a while ago where somebody's already reading the book and already asking the questions. But it doesn't look like what we think it needs to look like. So Philip gets there in spirit of the Lord says to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? Ding, ding, ding. You see, I think in this moment right here, I try to see through the eyes of Philip, I think Philip has to be thinking, oh, I get it now. Don't you think? Like, the questions are probably a distant thought in the background at this point, if he ever had them to begin with. Like, I think I get it now. And, and I have found, and certainly I, I struggle with it myself, to take those steps and not know what's in the next step and to keep walking, but I've found that the more I commit to the path, Stephen, God is leading me down, no matter how unknown it might be. The more I commit to it, the more clear it becomes as I walk it out. And the more purpose I begin to understand that he has for me in it. But see, sometimes we've got to remember and we've got to stand firm in a position that says, I may not know what the purpose is yet, but I absolutely know that there is purpose in this. And that is enough for me. What that purpose is, I believe my eyes will begin to peer into in God's time. But I'm going to stand firm and I'm going to move and walk on a foundation, a substance of faith that says, there is absolutely purpose in this thing that God has me going down right now. And if there is purpose in it, then it's enough for me to get to walk it. And every step I take, I will continue to move in that place of faith. How can I read unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. And then the place that he read in the scriptures was this. You're going to love this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. And so he opened not his mouth, and in his humiliation his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth? And so the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask of you, whom does the prophet say this, of himself or some other man? Wow. Do you know that he's reading from the book of Isaiah about the Messiah a book that was written centuries before the Messiah ever came, that spoke about his death, burial, and resurrection. And he's reading in the scriptures a man from Ethiopia, not Hebrew, he's reading from the scriptures, and he's reading about the prophecy of the Messiah. And he says to Philip, Do you have any idea who this is talking about? Is this guy talking about himself or some other man? 
God is very intent on the good news of the gospel reaching ears that will listen. There is no place that the gospel can't get. And all of a sudden, the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the hope of eternity, is about ready to collide in this man's life. I think maybe the most unsuspecting person of all in this story might be the eunuch because he has no idea what's about ready to happen to him. The greatest thing that could ever happen to this man is about ready to happen and it's taking place, might I say, because Philip was willing to get moving down a desert road. Then Philip, verse 35, opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture, preached Jesus to him. (laughs) I mean, sometimes we really make things complicated. We do. We really can make things complicated. I mean, I I love studying the scriptures and the Greek and the Hebrew, and I love getting into all that. But at the end of the day, It really comes down to, and he preached Jesus to him. The best news the world has ever heard. We sometimes think that we got to have the perfect words. We've got to be all thought out and prepared. Well, what if they ask this, and what if they ask that? Or what would I say to this situation? And we spend more time around 98% of scenarios that will never actually happen instead of filling that time more with stepping and moving and obeying the the direction and the guidance of where God is wanting to take us. God is not going to have a problem communicating His message through a willing vessel. The scriptures tell us that we, even if we were to stand before kings, don't fear, don't be intimidated, don't stress out about what you're going to say. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit will give you the words at the moment and the hour that the occasion needs. But you've got to be there in that place on that desert road where that God-sized opportunity is getting ready to open up. Continuing on in verse 36. So they went down the road, and they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Great question. (laughs) Great question. God just got saved. He just... I mean, I don't know how long they were in the chariot. doesn't really say, but it just all happened. And he's already asking, hey, is there any reason I can't get baptized right here? I mean, I'm ready to go all in for this Jesus guy now that you've told me this. I'm ready. Is there any reason we can't get this thing done now? Well, you haven't been through, you know, membership classes. And, uh, well, I mean, gee, let me think about that for a second. Holy cow. This collides with my theology. (laughs) 
And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. I love this. It's like he's saying, you really mean what you're saying? You mean this in your heart? You serious about this? Are you ready? And the eunuch answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Hallelujah. I get as excited about those words right there as I do about any other words that I can say or that I can hear. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and it's on that truth that the rest of this thing rests right here. Because as Paul said, if he wasn't really Jesus, if he didn't raise from the dead, then we're pathetic. But if he really did, if he really did, then folks, there is nothing else that's more important that people settle for themselves this side of heaven than that right there. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, then you shall be saved. All those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This man who was dead on a road is now about ready to be alive because he sees who the Son of God really is. And eternity, the condition for eternity changes for this man in a moment because Philip was willing to get down a desert road. Because Philip was movable. Because Philip was disruptible. The Bible doesn't tell us all the things. Who knows what Philip was up to? But I imagine he had some things going on. I imagine that he had some things he probably had to put a pin in and say, I'm going to have to come back and finish that later. How many of us would put a pin in it? How many of us would pause? Or better yet, well, if it never happens, it never happens because God's telling me to go this way. And this man's life changes completely. He goes down into a water. Do you remember it was a desert? Where'd the water come from? Where'd the water come from? There's plenty of water to go around. A guy could get baptized, fully immersed. He's going all the way in. I'll tell you where it comes from. God is a God who been, brings streams even into the wilderness. Do you see that? It's right there. He says, I got a plan. And I will provide every last detail. Resource, substance. I created it all. It doesn't matter. I will provide whatever is needed to fulfill my plan. Let me tell you what the, let me tell you what the factor is, the variable is. Your ability to be disrupted. Your ability to be moved. That's the one that's the variable. Stream in the wilderness, no problem. But I'm not going to overwhelm your will. I'm not going to force you to obey me. Because if I did, it wouldn't be love. But if you'll trust me, and you'll move at my leading and at my guiding, you'll step into some of the greatest things that you could ever imagine. Can I just encourage us tonight, folks, church, we see this awesome 
situation. We see many other amazing stories in the Bible. Joshua, part of walls coming down over Jericho. All these amazing things. Think, wow, those are people that made an impact, you know. Please don't sell yourself short. God has a plan, a purpose for every single one of us to make a major impact in this passing time that we have here. It's just fading away. We don't have forever. And neither do the people out there who need to hear the good news that we've already embraced. You see, I don't know what the desert road looks like for you. I don't know what that unsuspecting assignment or task is. I just know that God's going to distribute those in his time to all of us. And we have to decide what we're going to do with it. It, it seemed very unsuspecting and strange to my wife and I when we began to hear the Lord tell us that we needed to move our family and go plant a church in a different location and just kind of uproot and do all these things. And, you know, there's an element of excitement and an element of fear all at the same time. Scary, but exhilarating. And I just got to where I don't want to live my life anywhere except for that. I want to live my life in those places where I'm desperate for God to show up. Where I'm stepping off a cliff and if he's not really there, I'm going to fall. I can't hold myself up and I don't have a plan B. Making God number one, trusting him, does not mean having a plan B in place so you have contingencies ready if it doesn't work out the way you hope it does. It means I'm all in on this thing, I'm headed down the desert road, and I'm not going to take another turn or another direction other than that which God leads me down. Fully committed and fully ready for what he has for me. I, I'm saying, I think what the Lord is saying tonight, I really do. I think he's saying, time is short. I think he's saying, I want to build some big things. I want to do some major construction. And I want to do it in time frames and schedules that are very abnormal. God can do that, can he not? We've said it, we believe that. God can build big things, he can do it in shorter time frames than what's natural or normal. Here's the question. Will the sons and daughters be movable? Will we be disruptable in our lives to the point that this crazy, busy, no, insanely busy world that is dishing you out tasks and assignments faster and more plentifully 
let's just be honest, than you could ever possibly devote yourself to. But we chase the rabbit, right? We try to cram it all in. Things are coming at us in this world right now so fast and so quick and from so many different directions. I'm convinced that we were never created to absorb this much in this short of time. But yet here we are, taking it all in. If there's ever been a time in history to be able to say as a child of God, I can discern his voice through the noise and the distractions of the world. Folks, that is the skill we must hone right now. That is the ability that we must press into and begin to refine is the discerning and the hearing of the gentle whisper, the still small voice, and the gentle nudging and divine promptings of our Heavenly Father, the Spirit of God who will lead us and guide us into the things that He has for us. To be able to sift through all of the chaos and be able to strip it down to the things really and truly that matter most that actually carry eternal significance. Ecclesiastes says this, better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls chasing after the wind. Hey, you want to go out and fill your life with all kinds of stuff? You, you can. It's easier to do now than it's ever been before. Every moment of every day, there is a world of information at your fingertips. No problem at all. Being bored is really not a problem today. Few people have that issue. The thing is, is your life purposeful? Is your time being invested purposefully? Are your steps aligning with the steps that God has prepared for you? Is your rhythm and your speed, is your cadence in balance and in flow with the movement of the Holy Spirit in your life? Because that's where I want to be. That's where I want to live. I'm going to go after everything God has for me. And I'm going to make all kinds of mistakes. But at the end of the day, I pray that I could be found in the eyes of my Lord, saying, you messed a lot of things up, but I was always what mattered most to you. And you were quick to obey. And I pray tonight, as we begin to close, and I'll invite the team back up, that God is perhaps nudging you even where you're at in your chair tonight. That perhaps he is stirring you up and saying, I got some major construction that's getting ready to go on. And I need you to be a big player in this thing. I got some major revival type of work to do. Souls will perish if this work doesn't happen. 
Will you take your place? Will you step out? And will you start moving? Can I just encourage you, first of all, that the consequence of stepping out for God and taking a risk, and maybe you didn't hear it perfectly, but your heart was right, can God not cover that? Can He not wrap you up and take care of you through even those things? Paul says in Acts, he says, you know, we tried to go these different places. We tried to go to, where was it, Bithynia, Philistia. Spirit wouldn't let us go. We tried to go here. Spirit wouldn't permit us to go. And then finally, we went to Macedonia, and God opened the door. They didn't get it right. They weren't perfect. But they kept trying to move in the direction where they felt like the Lord was leading them your heart is right and you step out you may you won't hear everything perfectly you won't but it's okay because if your heart is to obey and to follow him then he'll cover that and he'll get you on the right path very quickly let me encourage one more type of person if you're here and you say man I heard that years ago, months ago, whatever it might be. I had that moment where I knew the Lord was speaking and saying, and I didn't go. I was too afraid or just didn't trust, too many questions. Had just, you know, too nice and organized of a schedule and an agenda. I, I I just couldn't mess it up. Please hear me. God is not done with you. You didn't miss your opportunity and it's all over now. I think the enemy would love for people to think that. You've missed it. You screwed it up. Forget about it. The moment has passed you by. Now it's up to other people to take their moment. As long as there is breath in your lungs, God is not done with you. There are more desert roads. There are more God-sized opportunities. There are more divine promptings and gentle nudgings of the Holy Spirit that await you in your days that are ahead. I assure you, God wants to use you. God desires to empower you with everything you need that you don't have in yourself. And I'll close with this. We are compelled in the scriptures even to ask God. This blows me away. Even to ask God to give us the faith that we need to do the things he's asking us to do. Did you know the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. The man that Jesus spoke to, he said, do you believe that I can heal? man said, I believe, yet Lord, yet alone, yet still, help my unbelief. We can cry out to God and we can pray. God, 
would you distribute to me tonight, right now in this moment, supernaturally, a measure of faith that I need to believe for the things that you're calling me to do. I know you can, God. I know you're able. I desire to follow and I desire to obey. Lord, right now in this place tonight, would you pour out the gift of faith as the apostle speaks of in the scriptures, God, the gift of faith by your spirit, would you pour it out tonight that it would move us all in every single open and willing vessel who receives an impartation of the gift of faith is unable to sit still and sit right where they've been this entire time. That we are all provoked to movement, to stepping, to get to heading down a desert road where a God-sized opportunity for some major construction that's about ready to begin. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and let's worship the King.